0: Hey, it's Nikki. If you're tuning into this podcast, chances are high that you experience at least occasional moments of overwhelm, resistance, lack of inspiration, and general WTF, can I even do this? Moments. Yes? Well, I made something for you. It's called the Naptime Empire Survival Guide, an email and audio series specifically curated to help you shift out of overwhelm, comparison, hiding in the bathroom, and back into inspired aligned action. We're talking unfiltered stories and insights from entrepreneurial moms who get this life, plus tried and tested tools to use when your brain is full, your energy is drained, and you could use some help getting your spark back. It's all delivered right to your inbox, organized neatly in emails that you can store up for a rainy day and come back to as often as you need to. As a fun bonus, you'll also get an invite to join my private Facebook community so you can get behind-the-scenes scoop on the Naptime Empires book and first dibs on my most recent offers as they come to life. Visit naptimeempires.com slash guide to secure your copy, and I'll meet you in your inbox. All right, now back to the episode. You're listening to the Naptime Empires podcast with my mom, Nikki Ellidge-Brown. Mom, your show's on. Thanks, bud. I got it from here. Welcome to the Naptime Empires podcast, refreshingly honest conversations on the realities of parenthood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nikki Elledge-Brown. Let's get started. Elsa Isaac is a New York City-based fashion and image stylist who believes style is really all about self-expression. A seasoned pro with over 17 years in the fashion industry, the East African-born stylist has built quite a noteworthy portfolio, having bestowed her stylish magic on everyone from Marie Forleo to Lenny Kravitz, Katie Couric to Chris Carr. Nowadays, she helps successful career women and entrepreneurs revamp their wardrobes and create show-stopping ensembles that flatter their unique body shapes and lifestyles. A self-dubbed anti-fashion stylist, Elsa doesn't believe there's one standard of beauty and strives to empower all her clients to celebrate their own individuality. Elsa and I originally met on Facebook the good old-fashioned way, but we've actually gotten to meet and play in real life not once but twice, first in Vegas and most recently in Brooklyn where we enjoyed a delightful mom's night out <laughs> a conversation that may or may not have lasted for like five hours, maybe a little less, but I think we shut the restaurant down. I love and so appreciate Elsa's real and refreshing approach to family style, beauty, and I have a feeling you will too. In this conversation, we cover reflections from her first years of motherhood and the challenges that came with them, how to change how you feel in your clothes without needing to completely overhaul your closet, her best tips for identifying and dressing for your unique body shape, how to make off-the-rack clothes feel completely custom to you, how she helps her clients and students catch up to the magnificence of this moment in their lives and careers, I love that, and why we should never underestimate the power of a closet cleanse. Enjoy. Okay, it's official. I had to hit the record button because as we were <laughs> discussing the last time, I say last time, it's the only time <laughs> that I've seen you in person. We were at dinner in Brooklyn for like five hours, practically just talking our faces off and it was awesome. So time to hit record and make it a fish. Okay, Elsa. Before we dive into wherever this conversation is going to lead us, I like to just set up, I'm drawing a little window. You can't see it, but I'm drawing a little window as the frame of reference so that we can get an idea of what your business, your naptime empire setup is right now. So you mentioned Aman is sleeping. How old is he? When did he come into the picture? How did you get started in business? Just take us back.
1: Yeah, he is three and a half. Um, and... I- you know it literally was the thing that him his birth and his existence in our lives at least for me was what caused me to grow up in many ways as it relates to my business because obviously before him i had all this time and all this freedom and i feel like i was a little bit lost in that i didn't have the best structure um, for my business. And I have been styling for a long time, like 17, 18 years now. Wow. Um, A few of those were definitely spent assistant assisting other stylists. Um, That's really how you kind of work your way up in the, the industry. And when I went, when I kind of honed in on working with women entrepreneurs and executives, I didn't realize how much my business work ethic and structure needed to change. I just thought I was just, you know, targeting a new market. Um, But it wasn't until I had Amon that I was like, whoa, no, I actually need to be in front of my computer for X amount of hours. Like I was such, I was the artist, you know, the quintessential artist that just wanted to do my work when I felt called to do the work. And, you know, when I was creative and I realized that I had to get serious. And when you have a time um, deficit, like having, when you have a kid, like you do when you have a kid, I mean, and you have two, I just don't, I I really don't understand how parents with multiple
0: kids do it because. (laughs) It's probably not as tricky as you think. I mean, I think that going from zero to one is such a huge shift in your values. Like you said, you know, that once you have another, it's like, yes, it adds a whole level of complication and like complexity but also you just figure it out just like you do for the first round you know
1: oh yeah. yeah y- you have you you know obviously you have, have my mother was a huge help who doesn't live uh, in in the states she's in Canada and you know she would do her best to kind of come out here for weeks at a time but for the most part in Gary's family my husband doesn't live in New York either so Besides my mother, my cousin, a younger cousin of mine, was a huge help for us. But she also had her own life, yeah. and so it was, it was quite an adjustment. I think for the first two years, it was just kind of survival. I did what I could work-wise, but it couldn't be a priority, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I didn't, even though I wouldn't say that I suffered from postpartum, but I think there was like a, a slow mourning of my life before. Yeah. on. And so that took a long time. I think I was in denial about what it was for a long time. And I think like, I couldn't really talk about it with my husband because I couldn't, I I felt like he had a certain freedom that I didn't have anymore. And I didn't, I couldn't put it into words and I was kind of resentful towards him. So it was just, it was a hard adjustment. And I have wanted to be a mother forever. Yeah, Like when I say forever, like if you talk to my parents, they'll tell you, even as a kid, I always gravitated to kids younger than me. Mm. You know, I was always a caretaker for kids younger than me. And I, you know, I was the oldest of my, in my family of three siblings, uh, three of us. And so I ended up, you know, my parents worked a lot, so I would look after them. And so um, here I was like the literally having a dream come true of being a mother and I just I was like I felt so guilty for and, and again I was happy for the most part but there was yeah. all these other things that that no one tells you about and I remember telling my mother that a lot I'm like why didn't you tell me about this you know and <laughs> like you for the first like almost a year I was extremely paranoid about mm-hmm. unrational scenarios or irrational scenarios that might happen to on like because you know we'd sleep in separate rooms I'm like what if a car like you know, just crashes through his bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, all these things that keep you up at night, and meanwhile, Gary's like, you know, peacefully. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> like,
0: God like, bless him.
1: <laughs> it is unreal how how different the experiences can be. So, but once he like started talking, and he was he's such a good kid too. Like he was very. Uh, he's, he loves to play on his own. He, you know, he had, there was maybe a couple of months at the very beginning when he had like a little colic from digestive, digestive issues Yeah, um, that we figured out uh, with um, probiotics, believe it or not. Sweet. Um, after that, he slept, he slept like a champ he still for the most part sleeps really well. You know, like he was such an an easy kid. Yeah. So we got lucky in a lot of ways in that sense. And so, but after the second year is when I was like, okay, he could be in like, you know, we had him in preschool and I was starting to get my time back. And oddly enough, right before uh, COVID-19 hit, I was, he was almost at a full-time schedule. So I was like, at a, a workspace, co-working space, working every day. I had a great routine going. I would work out in the mornings and I had that for maybe three months. Mm-hmm.
0: Three <laughs> so, glorious months. Three glorious
1: months. It was amazing. So um, yeah, he definitely helped me create a structure for my, for my business and life that I wouldn't have, I don't think I would have had,
0: yeah. it, at least not for a long time. Yeah. Um. So that's been amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that. Cause it's It's just, it's valuable to hear and it's important to hear everyone, you know, different perspectives and different experiences and yet also being able to completely see your own experience within, you know, like people are listening and just putting themselves right into your story of like this resentment. Even for me, I'm like, yeah, there was this ridiculous thunderstorm a few nights ago and none of the three of them woke up and I'm like, I can't sleep anymore. There's literally something that happens to our brains. I think once we have babies, like biologically, surely, neurologically, somewhere it's like, every little noise. It's like, is it, what is it? Who is it? I'm alert. I'm awake. I can, you know, emergency response system or whatever. Um, But it's just, it's important to acknowledge and whether it's an official, you know, whatever label it ends up. I mean, I'm sure so many people experience some kind of postpartum anxiety or depression or even prenatal. It's just in general, you're experiencing it, but it's hard to pinpoint it. And it doesn't even necessarily matter to some degree. Of course, you want to get the support you need, but it's like, regardless of if it air quotes qualifies as some kind of official thing, like it's a real part of your experience and that can feel, I can imagine. And I I mean, in Hawaii, we, we had our twin laws, like I call them, but we had some degree of family because we had our brother and sister-in-law over there, over the rainbow with us. But it's tricky when you don't yep. have go-to family nearby, which is one of our biggest reasons for moving back here in the first place. Yeah. So... And I also just want to highlight what you said because it's like always wanting to be a mom. Same here. I always knew like I want to write books and I want to have kids. And I loved like those two things were definite.
1: Surely, you, you know, you there was to write books as
0: a kid. Yes. This wow. is why I got to get this first one out, dude. It's time. It's like a piece of me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like I remember even elementary school and I would write stuff and all the way through school and grad school and all that. I'm like, yeah, books, books, books. So, but the, here's the thing, just like with motherhood, it's like, we put it on a pedestal and we have this fantasy of what it'll be like. Then when it actually happens and it comes with challenges and hiccups and stuff that's frustrating and annoying and all of that, it's like, what? (laughs) This is not, this is not the dream. And then we can recalibrate. And then when we can see both sides of it, then we can really appreciate it for what it is and decide and opt back in like, yeah, okay. It sucks sometimes and it's worth it still because it's a value. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And I want to rewind where you're talking about 17 to 18 years in styling and also just looking back at your bio, I was like, what? So 17 plus years, East African born. So when did you move to Canada?
1: Uh, we moved to Canada when I was five, so 1983. Okay, um, and we actually spent. So we moved from Eritrea to Sudan for a few months, and then from Sudan we went to Italy, <laughs> wow. where we spent just over a year. My middle brother is born there, and then we moved to Canada. And I, we, well, I mean, my family's still there. So I left Toronto because I left from Edmonton to Toronto, and then Toronto in 2006. So I've been here 14 years. This okay. month,
0: actually. Oh, happy anniversary. Thank you. Okay. And then when did you start with styling? I can't do math that fast (laughs) with my brain right now.
1: I started styling in Toronto. So I went to uh, Ryerson, which is, um, actually, I don't I think they dropped that from their name. But at the time, it was the only degree program um, in fashion in Canada. Okay. Or at least one of two. Yeah. So I was, you know, hell-bent on going there and
0: I and I went and then is that why you went to Toronto from Edmonton specifically for that program yeah okay yeah
1: and I was itching like I just I was itching to kind of have my independence from really early on and I knew I wanted to be in fashion I had no idea what a stylist was so I was in my second year I want to say uh in school when and I was working part-time at a bank and one of my friends a friend that I made there who worked in the music industry just kind of came in to work one day and said, "Hey Elsa, we're doing a music video for one of our artists who I knew," and he said, "We want you to style it," and I said, "Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you for thinking of me, but I don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "No, no, no. It's fine. We'll walk you through it," and I said, "No, listen. Like this is like a legit thing. You know, like there's, there's like." A, a production happening. I said, I don't, I'm in school. Like, I don't, I'm not a professional at, at anything yet, you know? Yeah. And he was like, I don't know why he would not take no for an answer, but Nikki like, he would not leave me alone. He just wow. kept saying, We'll walk you through this. And I was like, okay, fine. And so I got a credit card and they told me what to do. And I went shopping. And and it wasn't just for the artist, it was for the band and the extras. Okay. So, I want to. I think I remember there being like 12 people in total. Yeah. And I don't think he told me that at the beginning because obviously, I don't even, even with his pressuring, I would have gotten out of it somehow. <laughs> but, you know, so here I am. It's the day of the shoot. It was a lot of work. I'm stressed out because I'm so scared that I'm going to ruin this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, after every look I put together, I just remember either the, the person I was dressing or people around, you know, who were there on set because there's a lot of people on, on the production of a, any shoot would tell me how they like so-and-so's look. And I'm like, he must have told them to gas me up. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, Surely this. this isn't just my own merit and my <laughs> amazing talent. Think
1: I've never heard of styling, you know, and, and this right. is 2002, I want to say. So it wasn't like a revered career or you know kind of job yet. Yeah. And so I just hadn't known what what it, what it, what, it, what it entailed, what it was about that it was a thing that you could get paid for, you know. Yeah. So at the end of the shoot, he came up to me and handed me a check and he said I knew you could do it. You did a great job. Oh, wow. And I was like, "What?" And that was the beginning. They ended up hiring me for, you know, several other jobs and projects after that and literally he changed because I wanted to be a designer initially. That's why I was in, in fashion. And so, you know, out of nowhere, this, this career path that I hadn't even thought about or desired, uh, came into
0: my existence. And that was, that was, I haven't looked back since. Wow. I love that story. I didn't know that. And that's so, it's just such a powerful, like what's the word, um, parable (laughs) where it's like, I'm in school. I'm not a professional at anything yet. And one of the things I've talked about a lot with people, it's like professional, it just means you're great at what you do and you get paid to do it. (laughs) You know, like you get results and you get paid and it has nothing to do with the certificate or the degree. It's just about what's the skill that you can bring. What's the value that you can bring. And that's a perfect example and story of it. And it's like, nothing happens out of nowhere or randomly. So it was clearly your energy was so clear, like I'm ready and I don't even need to wait, even though your brain hadn't even caught up to that. It was like the opportunity started to come to you.
1: It is it is pretty amazing. And I think like for other people also, cause I think it's the people, the, the fact that he was yeah. willing to be that person for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because honestly, I didn't even know it was a skill I was good at, you know, yeah. um, and so that's really, it's, it says a lot. You're right. I think like there's something about when we're younger too, we're just a lot more carefree. I think I would have totally rejected an idea like that now. Yeah. You know, um, because we have like a family and, you know, the, 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 the false sense of security and all that other stuff. But yeah, it's really interesting how even even if your mouth is saying that you're not ready, how everything else about you is saying it because you're projecting it and someone else notices, which is yes. Funny.
0: Yes. So you were doing that. And then how has your business morphed since then? And I want to talk about how in your bio, it's, you have yourself as a self-dubbed anti-fashion stylist, not believing in one standard of beauty, empowering all clients to celebrate their individuality, which I love and is so beautiful and so evident in your work. Like, I mean, that's, we'll link to your site and there's portfolio and evidence, but even just the way, I don't know, it's just so, it's beautiful the way that you help bring out, unique qualities or things that I would be like, oh my gosh, I'd be so scared to wear something like that. And the way that you pull it together for someone, it's like, wow, that looks really cool. And they feel so lit up from the inside, which is that most important part, right? Like it's not about the actual item that they're wearing. It's about how they're feeling and how they're showing up now that you've brought that out in them. So how has your business evolved since those early days? And I'm going to mute myself because our trash pickup is here right now.
1: (laughs) Oh, life. Beautiful life. Um, yeah, it, it was It was an actual, it was a good um, natural evolution. And it was, you know, I started off in the music industry. Um, and so I worked with a lot of artists and, you know, industry people. Um, and then, so I did a lot of musicians when I was in Toronto. And then I decided that the industry, it was just too small in Toronto. So I wanted to, I I fell in love with New York when I first visited. And so I wanted to move here at some point. And I just kind of kept in touch with a stylist that I had met through actually the same guy who hired me for this first video um, styling gig that I did. And I ended up moving here and working with her. So we did a lot of I did. I kind of fell into the work I was doing with her. So I did a lot of magazine stuff and I did a lot of commercial stuff, like Panasonic and Cheerios and um, Good Good Housekeeping magazine and Redbook magazine. So a lot of what they call fashion industry industry, like commercial industry. Yeah. So there was models and there was photographers and there was you know like it was very much the what you see on TV. And I remember doing a photo shoot um, for Good Housekeeping and magazine and they were they were highlighting these five women who had just undergone this major weight loss in their lives and they were i believe they were on the cover i'm pretty sure they were on the cover and these ladies who were flown in from all over the country um i I remember because this you know for us it's just another shoot so to speak right we're not necessarily we know the drill we know what happens but as each of them walked in come so nervous and completely unaware of what to expect like like they couldn't believe that they were there mm. as they went through transformation at each stage, right? So hair, and then makeup, and then wardrobe, and then they got a glass of champagne just before they started, you know, being photographed. Seeing that transformation in that short amount of time in those ladies really did something to me because mm. they literally gave everything they had to the camera. They they felt seen. They felt good in their skin, and because they weren't models, right? They, these yeah. are just women like you and me who just were able to kind of, you know, be featured in this way. Uh, many of them were mothers. And I just thought, wow, you know, I did that stayed with me. And it actually wasn't until I kind of uh, started working with Marie Forleo when I realized, oh, I can do this differently. Because mm-hmm. I was at like this crossroads where I wasn't, I wasn't fulfilled with the commercial work anymore. I didn't care about Dressing celebrities so much. It was, it was, was so much about like you adjusting your life to their lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, you were, you were capped, and I don't know. There was just something that just wasn't clicking for me anymore. And that's when when I found Marie. I was in a course that she took, uh, that she was offering at the time. And then I started styling her. And as I was kind of, you know, almost catapulted into this entrepreneurship world, I realized, oh. I can do this differently and still succeed. Mm -hmm. I can do this differently and be happy because I'm actually having a positive impact on the people that I work with. It's not just this, this industry that gets to tell me and dictate to all of us what beautiful should look like and what trends are 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 meant to be followed at any given time Mm. because as a black woman and as a black little girl, I never saw myself in these magazines. Yeah. I I barely saw myself reflected in other students in class, you know? So it was interesting because it was, it was what I needed for myself. Also, it was the message I needed to feel beautiful and to feel confident and to feel like I belonged in a lot of these spaces. Mm. And that's when I, I just kind of, I, I was like, this is it. I'm not looking back and working with women who are doing such incredible work in the world and helping them because a lot of times they've already reached a level of success, right? Yeah. In their business, in their businesses. And the disconnect is that they're, they're still in their mind's I, They're still dressing like themselves, a version of themselves from five or 10 years ago, yeah. right? They haven't caught up to the magnificence that they've created in this timeline, in this moment. And so, and it's really hard to do that on your own. Sometimes you, you, it's faster and it's more effective to have an outside perspective see you in the way that you want to be seen.
0: Well, that's freaking beautiful. Haven't caught up, I'm doodling notes over here. <laughs> Haven't caught up to the magnificence of who you are in this moment. And that's so powerful because- Exactly. Like you said, like the the role that your friend played, my friend Suze, Susan Ferraro uses the term team other side, like to describe our our guides mm. and our ancestors and all the other spirits on the other side. And then we also have team this side. So it sounds clear that that friend played a role on <laughs> your team this side, a very important role, especially in setting you off to realize this is what your career could be. Um, but then likewise, it's like what you're playing for your clients is helping to hold up the mirror and be like, You may not see it, but here's what the rest of us can see in you. And then helping that catch up to speed and kind of sync up. And then it's like, they didn't realize that there was a drag. I say they, I'm totally talking about myself too, as I'm in my comfy, my day jammies (laughs) as I'm recording it. I did order more though. So now I'm going to have some new day jammies coming in of new prints for my um, Airy 7-8 leggings that I love so much. But um, it's like, there's this drag when we have not And this goes for our actual style and our clothes and what we're wearing and how we're adorning ourselves and all of that. But it's also like with our websites and our offerings, like it just becomes this weight and a drag. And if we don't actually make that time to prioritize a refresh to sync up with who we are in this moment, then it always feels heavy. And then there's a part of us that like, it just feels like, what are those? Like, it's like a sticky toy where it's like these heavy globs where the feet and then it just gets stuck. And then when it's like, Rubber bands back to where it's all. Anyway, you know, I, I have the clear yeah. visual in my head. I'm not communicating it clearly, but I got it. It's really powerful, and it's really. So, do you have a process? Like, what? What is your when you see someone? Because I'm just thinking for for those of us that are listening. Yeah, when we know that we're feeling that, like oh okay, I definitely have not, I I have some magnificence and it's not reflecting (laughs) how I'm showing up physically in my life and in my business. Like, what are your tips? What is your guidance of like, okay, here's how, and it is easier, of course, when you hire a professional. Um, And I know you have other offerings that are more DIY right now too, but just what is your guidance? What is is your tip, especially for those who are balancing Naptime Empire's life, probably the primary caregiver while also running the business too.
1: So, what's great about my process is, and if you know you're listening, it's really about shifting the focus, right? because we're um usually our time is dominantly you know focusing is spent focusing on you know our little ones, our home, our our husbands, spouses, whatever, and then we're last so the the first thing I do is i my job is to get to know my clients, so in your case, getting to know yourself, right? so and I have, you know, uh, different kind of touch points to start with. So what is your body shape? I have a body shape calculator on my site. Okay,
0: cool. And this we'll may seem
1: obvious. Up. Thank you. This may seem obvious because you just think, well, I like you just think by looking in the mirror, you can see your shape and sometimes you can and you're right. But a lot of times we have this like skewed perception mm-hmm. and mirrors can be tricky. So the calculator, I I, I created the calculator from that Space, knowing that a lot of women are going about shopping without even having the correct information. They're not arming themselves with the the correct information about their bodies. So, you walk in, right, and you see this mannequin wearing this outfit, and you go and grab this outfit, and it doesn't look the same on you, and you're upset about yourself, which makes no sense, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, A, what's the mannequin's body shape, and does your body shape look anything like that? And not to compare, but like you can't equate the two. Right, because yeah. it, it it won't work. It's not they're not we're not working with the same um, silhouette. And so the those those what do they call the merchandisers who who dress these mannequins are are dressing the mannequin because of based on the
0: body shape. So, what is your body shape? And I have to say, it's so nice that now there are starting to be mannequins that are different <laughs> body shapes. <laughs> Like what a time to live in. And it's so strange that it's taken until 2020. But I remember at some point, I guess it wasn't this year. It had to have been last year being out and about. And like, oh my gosh, look at the variety of body shapes on these mannequins. That that was amazing. It's in um, models now too. Like, yes, it's
1: really amazing. And I don't like, I don't know if you're familiar with ASOS.com. Mm, mm-hmm. But ASOS.com does this really great thing where you can change. Like if you're looking at a garment, you can change the model who's wearing Oh, wow. That's cool. And they have different body shapes. So I think that's brilliant because it's like, finally, because yeah. things are going to look different. Garments are going to look different on you based on your body shape. Yeah, And that's not like a pass to critique your body. Yeah. This is just information, right? Like your body has a silhouette to it. It's, it's important that you know what silhouette your body is. Yeah. Um, so, There's one of five that you'll that you'll be when you enter your measurements in the calculator. And then the second part is really getting to know who you are. So in my programs, I have like a questionnaire that I have my clients fill out or my students fill out. And it's basically, and you can do this, just just write, you know, whether it be on a notepad or on a on your computer, just like spend a half an hour thinking about who who are you today? How have you evolved? Because if you're if you're running a business or you've, if you've had, you know, you now, you're now a mother, you have evolved yeah. probably times 10, yep. <laughs> you know, and it's really important to get familiar with well, in, in a sense, dating yourself, but kind of ask yourself as if you were your own date, you know, what are the things you like now? What are your current dreams? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your advice? It's like, really get to know yourself. And then the third kind of filter that I put in place is, uh, having them tell me three words that they want, how just or list three words that describe how you want your clothes to make you feel.
0: Mm, I love. And that. so,
1: yeah, this is also important because I think, again, we're always focused on what we think we should look like in garments instead of, mm-hmm. you know, pointing it back towards us. And then also with the whole body shape thing, I forgot to touch on this point is that understanding that, you know, clothes fitting you off the rack is not really a thing to expect. If you if that happens, amazing. Like that's like really like winning the lottery. Like that's that's really um, not an often occurrence, right? And so if we go in there with that perspective, you'll know that you, it's your job, not the designers who have never met you and are really just trying to fit as many different bodies as possible. It's your job to find the garments that fit you at least 80, 85 percent of the way there. And then start thinking about how you could tweak it through tailoring to make it more for your body.
0: Game changer because like what, probably 99% of us don't even think about that. It's just like, we're so basic. (laughs) I speak for myself, not not for you, listener. You're probably not basic. I'm pretty basic. And so it's like very rarely have I ever had something tailored ever, but this is a very valuable pro tip. And, and that's a very not, valuable adjustment or expectation too. Like you said, yeah. 80 to 85%. And then it's up to you to really make it fit one of those three adjectives to make you feel one of those ways. That's a, yeah. Really it's annoying. huge
1: because I think the marketing has been like, where do the, you know, in terms of fashion, that marketing has never talked about your body. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about like, they literally send models out who are beautiful but who all have the same body shape right Mm -hmm. (laughs) down a runway. And it's not really indicative of the true um, net landscape of women and their bodies, right. And the different body shapes that are out there. So really understanding that, Hey, and also like doing, going shopping more frequently, not necessarily to buy stuff, but just so you're, you get practice on seeing what does and doesn't work because that is what you, you, you really, it is a muscle. Yeah. And what happens is you'll be able to walk into a store, scan things a lot more quickly, know which things to pick up. And you're not going to get it hundred percent. Right. But the point is you try it on mm-hmm. and trying it on, whether you want to try it on at the store or at home. I'm a big proponent of trying on at home because it's your lighting and you have other clothes um, from your wardrobe that you can, you know, kind of pair with to see if it goes with um, the new garment, mm-hmm. but make sure it's returnable. And if you, there's also the whole like tailoring p- piece of it, where if you can take it to a tailor, find out what the cost is going to be. Um, if that thing, and if it's, if, as long as you're the, that item and garment is returnable, if you're not comfortable spending that much, you can return that item. Mm-hmm. Um, So just really kind of like not waiting till you need something to shop. Yeah. <laughs> um, it becomes less of a stress task uh, if you're doing it ahead of time, you can allow some of that creativity to kind of enter and and that'll make it more fun and more um, just just it just like you said, creating a container for some play and creative magic to happen is it, it doesn't happen in the ten
0: minutes you have before you need to leave the house, yeah, and I'm thinking too because it's like. A lot of us are more conscious of consumerism and its effect on the environment and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's not necessarily that we want to go out and buy a whole bunch of new stuff. And yet, there are both sides to that because it's like we're not feeling great in the same stuff that we've been wearing or that it has holes in it or it doesn't fit because our bodies have shifted up, down, around, however, in whatever way, in whatever season. And I've always been the kind of person who, like, bare mini. If I find something, I'll get it in multiple colors, especially back in my park ranger days, cause I was wearing uniforms. And so I literally would just like go to old Navy, get the tank tops and the shorts. And I was in Hawaii too. So that was such a yes. cheat cause it was like the yes. same weather all the time. So I would just like have some fun necklaces, but those were basics. Now that I have real seasons again in Texas, it's like, Oh yeah, I need like, <laughs> and that need, but you know, like I would like to have some other options to mix things up, but I always, or like in college, that quick trip to Forever 21 to have a new top <laughs> to wear to the party or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but I like this idea, just like I would recommend for, you know, a course about copy students to refresh the site and just do kind of an audit every three months again, because if it doesn't feel good, you're not going to share it. If it doesn't feel aligned with who you are right now, there's an yeah. energetic part of you that will not share it and call attention to it because it doesn't feel authentic and it doesn't feel true. And so the same goes not just for your wardrobe, but also for your wardrobe. And that is a very powerful thing to think about of just like every three months setting a little timer. If you're not a big fan of shopping, like I'm a fan of getting the thing and having the thing, (laughs) but I'm not like, I don't like to shop. I, I think it's because I was the fourth daughters by the time it was my turn for our back to school shopping everybody was grouchy and ready to go home <laughs> so i just i'm like the lights are draining my energy but if you had it as like a a check in and you made it like a refresh and you made it an exercise in alignment and energy then that could actually really shift it to where it's not like i need to shop because these pants don't fit and then you're in like a not a great state to be in it's just like oh and like you said it's a skill And a muscle. So that just created a light bulb for me. It's like instead of waiting till you feel like you got to find something and then you're going to settle because it's just this will do for now. Yeah. That's what happens. That's
1: what happens. And then you end up with all these garments in your closet that you don't wear with tags still on them because you were never connected to it in the first place. right? Right. And so it's really about being more, more. Um, intentional and purposeful about your clothes and of course I'm a huge proponent of closet cleansing as much as possible yeah. and also even closet cleansing before you your you go out and make a you know kind of like a spring purchase of a few things like it's really important to get clear on what you have in your wardrobe, what are you not wearing and why aren't you wearing it? Yeah. And if it's a, it's a fit, if it's a fit thing, can you spend, instead of buying new things, mm-hmm. can you spend a couple hundred dollars at a tailor to get that strap that keeps falling off fixed so that it doesn't and that you wear it more often?
0: Yep. That's another good point for the sustainable style. Hashtag sustainable style tips. Yeah.
1: It's, and, and the whole sustainability thing is definitely an issue. Uh, I think that re- retailers are, are, I think, thinking about ways to combat that because it's becoming, you know, more of a, of something consumers are looking for. Right. Um, I know that H and M and I believe Zara will allow you to bring back any old clothing to recycle there. Oh, wow. That's And you get like 10% off or some percentage off. Yeah. And there are so many, like Goodwill is a great place. Like any thrift store, there's a, there's a site called Up. T-H-R-E-D dot Up. T R yeah, T-H-R-E-D-Up.com. Mm-hmm. And you can they they they're a consignment store. So they may even be able to purchase some of the um, you know, very lightly used brand name stuff you may have that you haven't worn or want to get rid of. Yeah. And they'll have a list, they have a huge list, a long list of what brands they accept. And if they don't accept it, when it, so they'll send you like this package to ship it to them. And then if they don't end up buying the, you know, all of the items, then they just give it. Donate it to local charities and goodwill. Yeah. So there's ways to do it. I know it's it's it can be tough with fast fashion, um, but also that's I guess another reason to consider higher end items sometimes because mm-hmm. you do end up wearing it for longer. Like jeans, for example, are big. I invest in jeans all the time because I end up wearing them for years. Literally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love all of these tips because it applies to so many you know, knowing yourself and who you are and really checking in and thinking about how you want to feel ultimately. Cause it's not that we so often it's like, Oh, well, when I do this, when this launch happens, when we move here, when this is finally, then I'll, and it's like, but what are you actually trying to feel? And how can you reel that back in to now and see how, like what you can do today to actually feel that way? Because it's not, it doesn't work in the reverse. Like if this, then like the carrot at the end of the stick and the stick is attached to your head. So it's never getting closer (laughs) because wherever you move, it's always three feet away or whatever. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So you mentioned your students and I want to talk about your, your offerings and your programs. And I also want to hear just logistically how you have made them work, like from the meta perspective, while you've had your little man home with you, like what has work looked like and what are your current favorite ways to serve?
1: Whoa. Okay. It's all great <laughs> questions. <Okay>. Pick one. <laughs> pick, pick a card. And you <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's COVID-19 has definitely uh, slowed us all down, at least for me. I know yeah. not everyone has slowed down, especially yeah. not, not Amazon, that's for sure. <laughs> right. um, but it has slowed me down because uh, my clients have, don't have as many places to be at right, right now. Um, so, you know, there's, uh, a couple projects that I had in the pipeline that I'm kind of working through virtually. I, I work with a most. I want to say, but maybe about fifty percent of my clients are virtual clients. Okay. Um, and then I also have a uh, intro level program called Signature Style Mastery that is base- basically foundational. A lot of what I mentioned here in detail, and it walks you through a closet cleanse as well. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of remind us all that we we can make use of this time not necessarily be productive but just find ways to feel good yeah and you know the closet cleanse is always something that we want to do but time is always tight and so this is a really great time to do a closet cleanse if you're wondering how to start your your journey on creating a signature style that you love just really spending that time getting clear on what you have in your closet and getting rid of the stuff. Sometimes women have told me that all they needed was permission. So if mm-hmm. you're listening, this is your permission to get rid of the stuff that you've been holding on since college, mm-hmm. since high school, since your wedding. I mean, if it's if it's absolutely sentimental, fold it up, pack it up in your luggage somewhere so it doesn't distract you in your everyday closet, right? Yeah. Um, and I think what's great is that I've been able to kind of, um, work on, uh, other stuff like systems in my business. I have an amazing project manager, uh, who came on board, uh, towards the end of last year. So all the stuff that I've been thinking about in my head and really not wanting to do because it's <laughs> my head spin, <laughs> yeah we're getting it done now and mostly when I say we uh, she is getting it done now which is really just oh it feels so good you know because I think like that's part of business that they don't tell you about is how how hard it is to find good people to you know help you on this journey yeah and so I've she's been a blessing and so really catching up I I do feel even though I we were just talking before we started recording about how I'm ready for this like you know, for life to open it back up in whatever way that's going to look like again, because it's been 60 something days and I'm ready to just get on a subway, believe it or not. (laughs) Um, But it's allowed me to catch up. I feel like a lot of the times I feel like I'm behind. Mm. So there's certain areas where I feel like, okay, well, guess what? This is your time to catch up. And, you know, I'm still the one that's mainly, you know, my husband's still working from home at his nine to five. So, um, I am still with Aman mostly, you know, yeah. so it's still a bit of a challenge in terms of schedule and having time to, to work on my business that isn't client based, yeah. yeah. but still it's, it's like when the, when the energy of the whole world has shifted and slowed down, you feel like, okay, I can take a breath and mm-hmm. I can do these other things. So I don't feel, and New York is like the, one of the epicenters of go, 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 go energy. Yeah. And so that has felt really nice. Um, Despite all the complications, of course, of why we're here, but that has been really awesome. I I must admit, I love that I'm being able to catch up in certain like market research that I've been putting off forever and getting my systems together and doing it, you know, without feeling like I don't, I don't, I can't sleep.
0: Right. Like the FOMO piece is missing yes. because there's not as much to be missing out on at the moment. And I just thought like, just the words, as you were saying to take a breath, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so both sides. Like, it's so interesting because this is such a lung affecting virus, you know, like it, it's so many people collectively are able to take this literal figurative breath. Mm. Obviously so many others are struggling um, but that was kind of like a, whoa, whoa in my brain. It just went when you said that, because it's both sides, like it's, it's all happening. And of course for medical professionals and grocery stores and all of that, then they're like more swamped than ever. And then so many other people are like, it's in it and it'll keep oscillating back and forth and that's life and that's how it works and everything. But it was just such a beautiful reflection. So thank you for saying it exactly I as you think said.
1: About that. No, thanks for pointing
0: it out. Yeah. So when it feels like it's all one, then the other side is always there, whether we realize it or not. And yeah, I, I, I do think it's just a beautiful opportunity for those of us who can and do have that privilege of being able to have the space to take a breath right now, because things are shifting Um, to reevaluate and figure out what we want our next normal to look like. And that's something we can always do, but it's really in our faces right now (laughs) to like reevaluate. Cause you know, we, we've always talked about maybe some kind of hybrid homeschooling situation. And I'm like, well, if we're going to be having a newborn in the fall, mostly because like I, even though I loved school, I loved school and Jeremy loved school and like, it was great and bryson's great at school and blah 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 like but we didn't spring him out of the navy for us to be like with the public school where you can only have like 20 absences you know a year and it's like i don't think i'd want to do full-time homeschooling where it's like us all the time either but i just want to have more flexibility in our travel schedule once we can travel and all of that so i've always talked about it and kind of dreamt about it and i'm like well it might just be a natural next step i don't know for sure we'll see what happens but um maybe this year is the time to do it since we are going to have a newborn and who knows what's going to be going on rather than sending them to two different schools and adding that level of stress of timelines and you've got to be here and you've got to be here and somebody's got to be here and whatever. So it's just an interesting time to reflect. It sounds like you're doing kind of a business closet cleanse (laughs) right now (laughs) with your new team member. And that is encouraging to hear for people who are like, yeah, I know I need to do that too. And I've had a hard time finding help. It's always great to hear about wins and relationships that are going well with that, where it's like, it's something she loves to do. It's something you, you valued, but you didn't want to do it yourself. And now you've let, let a pro step in to support you in that way. So that's a lesson in itself too.
1: Uh, And it really is. And I just want to bring that up for a second, because I am sure I'm not alone in this, but like culturally and i'm saying specifically from my situation yeah it was a cultural thing where where like my mom did everything uh-huh. okay everything nikki like she my my dad's still like i don't know if he's boasting or like we we'll still say i haven't changed a diaper i'm like you have three kids right
0: oh my possible? gosh
1: dad <laughs> and i'm and i've offered when someone was wearing diapers like here you go and he's like no but yeah. um He, like, she would tell me, like, we've had, we had, we've had so many illuminating conversations when Aman was a newborn because, you know, she was with me. She would get up with me when I was, when I would would nurse him at night and we would just talk. And for the most, like, I would just say, I'm sorry for the first, you know, first few minutes. (sighs) Mama, you were so right. Cause she'd always say, Elsa, when you're, when you have kids, you'll understand. But she would tell me how she wouldn't sleep. Like she would get all the clothes. Our house was never a mess. We always had meals cooked wow. and, and she worked like she worked a full time job wow. after my youngest brother was born. And she said, yeah, I wouldn't sleep when you guys were asleep. That's when I would clean. Wow, And I'm like, I can like, and cause I would literally be like, so when do they start sleeping, mom? When does yeah. he start sleeping through the night? And she would be like Elsa, you know? So there was this expectation for me to be like my mom.
0: Right. And I had to let that go. Yes. And it took a while. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big thing too, because it's like probably that, I mean, because your mom was doing it and because she voluntarily came to support her baby, having a baby and come and to stay with you and do it again. It's like, that's sounds like it was probably that's her highest value. That's why she was like, yeah. And, and superhuman and doing it because it was like, that was what she really, really cared about. And it's okay if that's not, how we want to do things. And it's okay if it's not because it's like, because they did this, then we were able to be exactly who we are. And that's the best gift. I'm sure she lights up seeing you do exactly what you're doing. Like, that's my girl, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And I think that's just the ultimate, you know, my hashtag on her terms. I'm like, as long as it's what you really want to be doing rather than a should and feeling like you're subordinating to somebody else's expectation of what you're supposed to be doing. So it's a really powerful thing for you to already acknowledge and own that, like, I love my mom. I'm so grateful for exactly how she showed up. I don't, I don't even understand how she did it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, with me, I don't. I don't understand how my mom did everything that she did either. And so creative and the balloon artist for the school functions. And I'm like barely there. I just kind of float. I don't necessarily volunteer, but I always go to the parties, but I'm just there <laughs> for like bonus hands. But I'm not, I'm not leading the PTA or volunteering for class mom or any of that stuff that she was so, great at. And I'm so grateful she did, but it's just not my thing. And that's okay. Cause here I have my thing, you know, Bryson gets to be on the intro to the podcast that airs all over the world, hundreds of thousands of times, you know, it's a different yeah. stroke for a different book.
1: But I think like, that's really cool. I don't, I don't know how long it took you to kind of, um, to come up with that epiphany. Cause I think it's a huge epiphany. Yeah. But really for a long time, I was like, Oh, I'm not doing, I'm like, my, I'm, I suck. I'm not yeah. strong enough. Like, look yeah. what my mom was able to do. Yeah, and I can't even handle one kid. Yeah. And like during pregnancy, when I was going through nauseousness, she would, I would, I would complain because it was hard doing yeah. anything while you're nauseous. Yeah, and nobody told me that. I just like you, kind of assume morning sickness means morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, you would think so. You would
1: think, and no one tells you it's freaking all day, right? If you depending, everyone, everyone's different, obviously, but yeah. I remember telling her, I'm like, mom, why didn't you tell? And she told me she had it. And I'm like, you never told me that part. (laughs) Like, you know, so I, she was just like, Elsa, just stop complaining. And I'm like, no, mom, that's how you did it. I think that's when like, it started to kind of create a seed. Cause I'd be like, no, mom, you didn't complain. And that's how you dealt with it. But like, that's my outlet. Like I have to let it out, (laughs) you know? So it was it was definitely a process, and I'm still
0: it's still something that's challenging for me. I just read Untamed by Glennon Doyle, oh and um, there was this quote. Okay, I'm, I'm was, not going to be able to find it, but it was so good. But basically, it's kind of about the moment when we realize something about being a good daughter, and realizing that it was more about like being who we are, and not about subordinating to like whatever our parents want for us, like. Anyway, I'm but bo- I'm watching it. I'll stick it in the show notes. So there you go. Go find him at Naptime Empires. But it was a really great quote, and it's totally this conversation where it's like, "I love you, and I'm so grateful for you, exactly as you are." And every year that passes, I mean, we're so lucky to have our moms still here yeah. in the physical world, like, and to be able to be momming with our moms, whether it's a phone call or an ocean or have however long way, like that's such a gift. In itself. And it also just like, I love, I love seeing her in her sixties and I love getting to know her as a woman and to appreciate her so much more for being like, how the F did you do that (laughs) with all of us in this 10 year span of like four daughters? Like what? Just being able to appreciate her on a human level. And then also having the challenging sometimes conversations to really help her appreciate who I actually am rather than who I feel like I'm supposed to be to be a good daughter and all of that, like that's yeah. such a gift. So. Yes. I, I,
1: you just reminded me that I have to read this book. Unpanned. It's a good one.
0: I, and I, and like, she's an amazingly talented writer and messenger and I, I really enjoyed it even more than I expected that I would. So I, I highly recommend it. And obviously it's like at the top of the charts. So lots of people highly recommend it and appreciate it too. And many people won't, but um, okay. So as we wrap up, is there anything we haven't covered that you're like, falling into the naptime empires hole. You're like, wait, one more thing that we haven't said. Is there anything that you want to share with our fellow naptime empire builder before we?
1: I mean, just because the name is naptime empires, I will say that I did heed. I can't remember who gave me this advice, but whoever told me to take to sleep when the baby sleeps, because yes. I am a gal who loves her sleep. Yes. I did that for the first
0: almost year. I want to Oh say. my gosh. Good for you. I've never met someone who was really able to do that. Yes. <laughs> Committed to, not able, because we're able if we choose, but like, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. I was, I, I love my sleep. Like that yeah. was one of my biggest worries. It's like, am I ever going to sleep again? Yeah. So he would have two naps, you know, when they were really young. And so I would sleep for one of that first one. Yes. And I still sleep at some of his naps now because you know, like sometimes you just don't have a good night's sleep. And I'm a person who is naturally a night owl. So mm-hmm. I have real a real hard time going to bed at like 11, right? you know, because I'll just be up like wide eyed, like what's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just, my body, and I just love, I'm more creative at night. And so I'm up late a lot of the time. So getting up early has never been my thing. So if my body is like, obviously if I can do it, like if I'm home and there isn't, you know? Yeah but yeah i did not feel guilty for that at all because especially in those newborn that newborn phase uh it was a lifesaver like
0: nap when you can that is beautiful and i really appreciate you saying it cuz i do i'm like a lot of times i'm trying to and i'm sure i'll incorporate it in the book too where i'm like sometimes I would nap. I like. I paid a babysitter to come over because Jeremy was deployed in those early months right. whenever Diki came around and I would pay someone to come be capable, loving hands <laughs> to take care of him, even if he was awake, because I got a nap. So it's yeah. like sometimes the most pro- productive, profitable thing you can do is go to sleep because that is the basic building block Maslow's hierarchy of needs when all else fails. like Sure, it could be this, that, but also have you just had enough sleep and and controlling what we can control about our sleep. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm tired. Oh, but I just stayed up and watched, you know, straight five episodes of Dead <laughs> to Me on Netflix or whatever, you know, it's like, okay, well, if I really want to feel better, I know I need to actually choose to sleep instead of doing whatever the other thing is. So thank you for sharing that because I just don't know many people who really like have that awareness to be like, F no. I need to sleep. Nothing. This ship doesn't move unless nope. I've got it.
1: Yeah. And even like till this day, uh, hubby and I will alternate like the weekend days where I'll, I get to sleep in Saturday and he'll sleep in Sunday because I just, I think for me, like it's yeah. just like an important thing to not have to wake up every time he wakes up and you know, I don't know at what age I'll get up before he gets up. But right, right. <laughs> that definitely hasn't happened yet unless yeah. it's for work. But, and I, and also I think the other understanding and as it was for me, those first, that first year and a half, it wasn't about growing my business. Uh You know what I mean? So just like knowing that there's going to be a phase of life that's not going to look like what you may have wanted it or planned and being okay with that. Because the plus side of that is that we didn't have to put him in a daycare or any preschool till he was two and a half, I believe.
0: Yeah. So It definitely adds a layer of complication and benefits and drawbacks because some people are like, no, I want to, I want to, I want to. And then it's fine and then it's worth it. But it's also beautiful to see that there are other options and it doesn't have to look any one way. So thank you, Elsa, for being who you are and doing what you do. Um, Do you want to tell us audio where we can find you? Because I'm going to put all the links and make sure that we have links to Signature Style Mastery too because it's just your method is so beautiful and sensical and meaningful. And so if you're over there thinking, oh, I think I might need to catch up on the magnificence of myself. (laughs) (laughs) Let Elsa help you. She's very talented, as you can tell, on capable hands. But where else can we find you on the internet just for the audio version for those who haven't clicked over to the show notes yet?
1: Yeah, I am at ElsaIsaac.com and I think Elsa Isaac everywhere else. Instagram, uh, Facebook. And I want to thank you for just having this space in the world for, mm. for parents and moms to be heard and seen. I think it's, I think that's why we talked for five hours, you know, <laughs> and we taught each other that time because I think we just need to relate to other experiences of mommyhood. And yep. what a way to do that. So thank I you. It.
0: I love it. I love you, Elsa. All right. Cool. Thanks, bud. Cool. Your homework this week should you choose to accept it is to take some time to scan your current closet or wardrobe wherever you keep your clothes set a timer for five ten minutes and then find at least one or two items that you know no longer reflect who you are and how you want to show up in the world even if right now the world doesn't get to see you too much <laughs> unless it's from the waist up maybe they don't fit your current body or your current style or your current vision Whatever it is, if they're in good condition, make a plan to donate them, sell them. Just give yourself the gift of shifting energy. As always, we'd love to hear from you. So as you're listening, take a screenshot, tag us over on Instagram. And while you're here in your favorite podcast player, if you have not yet, please take 60 seconds or less. Leave a rating review. Let me know how you're liking the show. That'll help more people discover it. And I read everyone. Super appreciate you taking the time. All right. That's it for now. Catch you in the next episode. This show may be over, but the conversation is just beginning. Head on over to NaptimeEmpires.com slash Facebook so you can join my free... Wait, did I say free? I meant priceless, rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire builders for deeper discussions, behind-the-scenes scoop, and, of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. NaptimeEmpires.com slash Facebook. See you there. See you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Good